Welcome to the What Matters Most podcast, presented by First United Bank and Trust. That's my bank. Visit us today at mybank.com. Hello and welcome to What Matters Most, a podcast all about finances, community, savings, and security for you, your family, and your business. This podcast is brought to you by the helpful folks at my bank, First United Bank and Trust. I'm your host, Eric Nutter, and in today's episode, What Matters Most is our monthly economic update. And for this discussion, I am thankful to be joined once again remotely today by Brad Bolliard, Portfolio Manager in First United's Wealth Management Department. Brad, good morning to you. Good morning, Eric. Nice to be with you today. Yeah, appreciate you joining as always. And uh, how's your how, how was your summer? We, we haven't talked in a, in a couple months. Yeah, my summer's, well, it, we went two trips down to the Outer Banks, down to Corolla Beach is where we like to go. Um, just kind of like the laid back field, did some fishing, some outdoor nature kind of stuff. So we just, you know, it, luckily here, the September vacation was much nicer than the June vacation. We had sunshine almost every day. Nice, nice. You had rain in June or what? Yes. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yes. Yes. It was like rainy. I don't think in the June vacation, that was the rainiest vacation I've ever had in my entire life. It rained. I think we got one hour of sunshine in those like seven days. So, but fall is actually my favorite season though. And here we are. Um, I just, I think it's easier to breathe. Air makes it easier to breathe. Oh, yeah. The leaves, the leaves are a beautiful color. It's beautiful and, um, and it's it's autumn glory, got, autumn glory time. It's autumn glory. It's uh, football season. It's just all the good things that I like. And, you know, the air just seems crisper too. So I think I agree. I think that's a big part of it. So I agree. Yeah, yeah. Fall is upon us, and uh, but it is it is our uh, time of the month when we talk about our monthly economic update and. Uh, it's that time where I believe at least if, if history, uh, plays the way it has been, you're going to start off with the negatives in the market. Is that true? That's true, Eric. And monetary policy mistakes, you know, that's one of the main things that we look at Surprise. whenever, yes, when <laughs> things could go, because yep. it's, it's something they try to control inflation, but it's, it's not always a promise. But um, at the September FOMC meeting, the Fed opted to maintain its benchmark interest rate at its current target, keeping the Fed funds central tendency to five and a quarter percent to five and a half percent with only two meetings left. Now, Eric, we have one here in November and then another in December. They did leave the door open for another hike sometime this year. Uh, the the dot plot suggests a possible quarter point hike by December and just maybe two cuts next year. But um, we'll have to see. We've got another good jobs report. And um, but, you know, and they're still not at their two percent target on inflation. The, F- the Fed does remain very data dependent. Inflation levels have begun to moderate, allowing them to take a breath. Uh, while the Fed's combination of more uh, growth and ongoing disinflation reinforced the new market consensus for a soft landing. We do have some doubts. We expect maybe a mild recession or at least significant growth deceleration to emerge either late this year or early 2024. Um, as strong as the year has been, Eric, headwinds are building. Yeah. I look look at everything that we're looking at. We're looking at rising oil yep. and gas prices, a struggling Europe, China, and now geopolitical strife in the Middle East, not just yep. in Ukraine. But um, continued bank stress, even though we believe that the worst has passed there. And a consumer confronting the resumption of the student loan payments, um, the exhaustion of accumulated access savings, higher rates on credit cards, 
we're reading more about uh, people maxing out their credit cards and hearing more about uh, loan delinquencies. Hmm. And of course, the drama over what we had over the government shutdown, that does not help. Uh, though they gave us a few more weeks there. And however, now we don't have a speaker. We do have a speaker. We just have a temporary speaker, but that, that, that position is vacant right now. Right. And you know, all of this, Eric weighs on consumer sentiment, which I'll yeah. talk about. I'll talk about throw out some numbers there here in a minute, but um, that does place a drag on the Q4 GDP outlook. So even if such events historically tend to produce little or no market reaction that, that still has. Um, yeah. When you add them all there. together. <laughs> yeah. And of course, they're talking about in headlines a prolonged UAW strike that could bite too. So, those are a lot of the headline negatives that we're that we're looking at, right. and there's a lot of them. So, but I do want to go a little bit more into the data though. And um, on the negative side, we do have to put manufacturing um, services made the positive side, but manufacturing uh, index, which contracted in September for the 11th month in a row, hmm. uh, coming in at 49 percent. It's up just a tick from 47.8% August. New orders, 49.2%. Backlog of orders, 42.4%. And new export orders, 47.4%. Um, they all remain in contraction territory again. Anything below 50 cent, 50%, again, that's contraction territory. But employment barely making the cut. That was at 51.2%. And production, 52.5%. That jumped back into growth territory. Hmm. So Respondents in general continue to see some soft demand levels there. Right. Um, soft demand. And now the university, I wanted to talk about consumer sentiment. Um, for September, that came in at 68.1. That's down from 69.5 in August. That says Americans remain unsure about the future of the economy. Consumer confidence also fell to a four-month four low of 103 in September and 108 in August, consumers are anxious about the economy right now. High rates have made car and home buying challenging while being weighed down by rising prices for everyday items such as food and gas. And it's ridiculous. I mean, three bags of groceries, depending on the items. I would say, you know, Eric, for a normal item such as bread, milk, eggs, maybe some hamburger, some <laughs> chicken, vegetables and rice. I mean, all over, you know, three bags over a hundred dollars. It yeah. used to, it, it used to be that I'd put my weekly groceries in my trunk. Now they just sit beside me in my pasture. <laughs> <laughs> just the one they bag. Just, just the one. Yeah, bag. they just sit beside me in my pasture seat, and they wait, and um, I don't have to worry about everything, you know, falling out of the bags in the trunk or anything anymore. <laughs> now, Brad, before but, you uh, before you move on from the consumer sentiment, um, comparing that to the uh, the index. Uh, the the manufacturing index, which is like above 50 is expansion and below 50 is contraction. You mentioned some numbers that were above a hundred on the consumer index. How does that number work? Is hundred is 100 yeah, just, the baseline? It's all, I mean, or is it just relative? 50% does not apply. So gotcha. <laughs> for the consumer sentiment, get that out. We just kind of compare it to, to uh, historical baselines and usually just, you know, how the gotcha. trend, it's a historical trend. trend. Yep. Okay. Yep. Mm -hmm. We're looking at the trend. Okay. So um, we'll look at uh, CPI now. The August CPI report was a mixed bag. Headline CPI rose 0.6%, the biggest increase in 14 months, mostly attributed to higher oil prices. U.S. consumer prices climbed 0.4% in September. The labor market uh, department said and that was just uh, yesterday. While the pace is softer than the 0.6% gain in the prior month, it was hotter than the forecast. 
The rate of inflation the 12 months ended September remains steady at 3.7% rate from August. Economists were expecting 3.6% increase. Um, the closely watched core measure of inflation of its volatile food and energy rose 0.3% in September for the second straight month. And that was in line with forecasts. The 12-month core decelerated to 4.1% and 4.3%. That matched expectations. Um, just to give you some details there, shelter costs rose 0.6%. And that was in September, where the largest contributed increase in consumer prices, accounting for over half the increase. The cost of gasoline, that rose 30%, was another major contributor. The energy index rose 1.5%, and the food index rose 0.2% for the third straight month. The core was uh, boosted by rent, motor vehicles, and recreation. The index for lodging away from home jumped 3.7%. Overall, the disinflationary trend is still intact, though. Uh, the key question is whether core inflation can make further progress to 2% uh, without slower economic growth in a softer labor market. So again, you know, we are starting to trend closer to that 2%. And But, you know, whenever it's still above first 2%, you still have inflation. So it's like, well, you know, are prices rising? Yes, they are. Um, so <laughs> right. you would have, at least we're not up near the numbers that we were. Maybe you're not seeing as sharp of increases. Right. So, so that's good. Hmm. But that I'm moving on to the positive side yes. now. Cause, Give us some good news, Brad. You know, like I said, this is my favorite season. So let's try to be a little positive <laughs> here. You know, <laughs> past few months, past year, really, we've been talking about jobs yep. and continues to be on the positive side for now. The U.S. gained 336,000 new jobs in September. That's well above expectations. Government employment shot up to 73,000. It's paddling the, the headline increase. It was the third straight big increase in hiring. The private sector created 234,000 new jobs. Bars, restaurants, and hotels, that led the way again in hiring, adding nearly 100,000 jobs. Americans have been traveling and going out more since the end of the pandemic, of course, and spending a lot of money on services. Healthcare providers also uh, boosted employment by 41,000. The unemployment rate has remained unchanged at 3.8%. Hourly pay rose a, a meager 0.2% in September. That's the smallest gain in 18 months. It's slowed to 4.2% from 4.3% on an annual basis. Also on the positive side, jobless claims. So they've stayed below 210,000 for the fourth straight week. Initial jobless claims were flat at 209,000 in the week ending October 12th. Uh, economists polled by the Wall Street Journal had estimated new claims would rise 3,000 to 210,000. Last week, claims rose a revised 4,000 to 209,000. That compared with the initial estimate of an increase of 2,000 to 207,000. Um, the number of employment of people already collecting jobless benefits uh, ending in the week October 5th, that rose to 30,000 to 1.72 million. That's the highest level uh, only since August. So, um, the big picture, though, is that jobless claim figures remain at levels consistent with a hot labor market. Overall, layoffs remain low and demand for workers remains strong, evident positive job growth, a low employment rate, and elevated job openings. Even as the Fed has taken aggressive action to soften labor market conditions, businesses are not shedding workers at such a rapid pace. And you kind of remember there that period, Eric, where every restaurant had, hey, we need employees. Right. We're hiring please help us out. And now that they have them, of course, they don't want to lose them because um, they went, they kind of went through that experience. So, but, um, you know, still a very healthy area right now, job openings and labor turnover survey, the jolts uh, that popped back up in August, rising to 9.6 million from 8.9 million in July, but that's still down from a record 12 million. 
job openings in, in March of 2022, but reiterates the tight labor market. Uh, the number of people quitting jobs, meanwhile, remained flat at 3.6 million and total less than 4 million for the seventh time in the last eight months. Hmm. All right. Now, the other side on the, uh, whenever you're talking about the uh, ISM services index, mm-hmm. we, we are able to put that on the uh, positive side of our economic review. And again, any number above 50% shows growth. So the index itself um, is at 53.6% in September. And that's from 54.5% in August. Production, 58.8%. New export orders, almost 64%. And new orders, almost 52%. And employment, employment 53.4%. All remain in expansion territory. So the sentiment around the services sector remains. So what can we kind of conclude now that I've given you out the data and given you the negatives and given you some of the headlines and given you some of the positives and what we're, what we're seeing out there. Um, September known for being the most difficult, difficult month for investors certainly lived up to its uh, reputation. S and P closed out the month down 4.87%. It's the worst month since December. Investors also contended with the feds hawkish, Pause, a looming government shutdown that was ultimately kicked down the road and rising oil prices and storage tanks fell to their lowest level since 2014. To top it all off, in a few short weeks, bond yields managed to climb to their highest level in nearly two decades. We still have an uphill battle with monetary policy and the potential of a government shutdown still weighing on minds, but technicals are reflecting a market that is oversold and we are shifting from um, is what's generally the weakest period of the year into the strongest, where the S&P returns are positive over 80% of the time. So um, have we reached the summit, though? The Fed met in September again for the, you know, as I said earlier, the first time since July, leaving rates unchanged for the time being. It's important to note, though, that this does not necessarily mean that rates have peaked. A growing number of investors are in the camp that this is the end of the hiking cycle. Our projections allude to more one more hike in 2023. Uh, given September's exceptionally strong jobs report and upper revisions in July and August, a rate hike at November's meeting is likely, but what to see. Um, the remainder of the meeting was more of the same, echoing higher for longer and cutting its forecast for rate cuts in 24, 2024 from two, four to two. We will likely see the benchmark rate still slightly above 5% by the end of the year. Um, talking about and concluding with some of our current strategies right now on cash we're neutral to modest overweight um fixed income we're overweight focused on the intermediate area and some intermediate to longer duration because you know in general rates are high and we want to hold on to those rates for a longer period of time you know some people see they go out and they see one year cd paying almost five percent and um like yeah go ahead but um looking at the past 20 years eric rates are high in general so you want to hide hold these higher rates for a longer period of time right um in case if in the future you know the fed does have to back off rates because because we enter a soft landing recession or whatever so you want to hold these going out to the intermediate to longer term period um you know five plus years good area to be on these higher rates. And I was looking at the yield curve just the other day and it, no matter where I was, it was like, I was saying, okay, 5%, 5%, 5%, 5%, <laughs> which I know the 10 years down uh, a little bit below the four and a quarter right now, but all close to, to the 5% level. Sure. Um, Cause the longer end of the yield curve has, has risen some more, but again, and on the quality side, not purchasing corporates with below 
triple B plus B double A ratings with specific exceptions there. We're looking at um, being selective on the tax-free area, focusing on 10, 12, 15-year period. High yield where underweight level is appropriate there, but that does include some floating rate exposure. Um, on the equity side, we're underweight in general. Um, international right now targeting 7 to 12% of the stocks. And alternatives targeting 2 to 5% of, of stocks. We're overweight technology right now. We're underweight consumer staples and equal, equal weight all the other S&P sectors. So, you know, this year, it's been a pretty healthy year, especially in, um, you know, fixed income this year. Last year was kind of a nightmare, but uh, this year has been a dream, really. Right. And, uh, we want to take um, take this opportunity to, you know, make sure that we are overweight our fixed income area and, and uh, looking at that those these higher rates in the intermediate to longer term area because when down the road, you know, now that the, the Fed has the tools again right. to fight to fight anything that might come in the data. Cause when you start seeing, you know, the yield curve has been inverted for quite a while. Um, we are seeing more defaults, you know, credit cards maxing out and so on. Like I said, um, these are all leading indicators that, Hey, you know, things, things might start getting a little shaky here on down the road a little bit, but you know, the year itself, we only have two full more months. It's hard to believe we only have November and, and December left, but, um, you know, so far, so good with some of the data and stuff that we're seeing out there. But sometimes I feel like, well, if we get one bad jobs report and then you might start to see things turn around, there's a lot of volatility out there, a lot of risk out there. But um, it continues to hold their high rates, continuing to fight inflation. And that's the name of the game. So. Yeah. Well, and as you <laughs> and as you said, there's so much going on in the global market right now, just with with so many uncertainties and so much conflict and turmoil that it's it's uh it's an ever-changing area that that you got to keep an eye on so i appreciate uh the insights and the information um and and thank you for for sharing that with our listeners if if a listener were to have a question or want to learn more about something that that maybe you've you've mentioned or or maybe they're they're concerned about the market overall and that they they need some advice what's the best way uh, that they can get the support they need yeah, you can customize your plan today. You can call us at 855-829-7192 or go to our website at mybank.com slash wealth. Brad Ball, your portfolio manager in First United's Wealth Management Department. Brad, thanks again. Thank you, Eric. Well, that brings us to the end of our show. You can always find more episodes by visiting mybank.com slash podcast or find us on your favorite podcast app. You can also leave feedback, ask questions, or request a topic for us to discuss by sending an email to podcast at mybank.com. Thanks again for listening. We'll be back next time with more helpful content. But until then, we wish you the best in focusing on what matters most to you. First United, my bank for life. This document is a general communication being provided for informational purposes only. It is educational in nature and not designed to be taken as advice or a recommendation for any specific investment product, strategy, plan, feature, or other purpose in any jurisdiction, nor is it a commitment from First United Bank and Trust or any of its subsidiaries to participate in any of the transactions mentioned herein. 
Any examples are generic, hypothetical, and for illustration purposes only. This material does not contain sufficient information to support an investment decision and should not be relied upon in evaluating the merits of investing in any securities or products. In addition, users should make independent assessment of the legal, regulatory, credit, and accounting implications and determine together with their own professional advisors if any investment mentioned herein is believed to be suitable to their personal goals. Investors should ensure that they obtain all available relevant information before making any investment. Any forecasts, figures, opinions, or investment techniques and strategies set out are for information purposes only based on certain assumptions and current market conditions and are subject to change without prior notice. All information presented herein is considered to be accurate at the time of production, but no warranty of accuracy is given and no liability in respect of any error or omission is accepted. It should be noted that investment involves risks. The value of investments and the income from them may fluctuate in accordance with market conditions and taxation agreements, and investors may not get back the full amount invested. Both past performance and yields are not reliable indicators of current and future results.